also be excited, and even now, Father God, we're praying and trusting for your strength. Father God, we can't tackle this chapter of Romans. These two chapters of Romans, Father God, we're going to And so, Father God, search our hearts even now. We're praying God for strength. We study this lesson in the manner that you see fit. And so, Father God, bring your strength to the end of the teach. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for all those that have joined us. Thank you for those that joined us by way of the And we're praying, Father God, that something will be saved. And encourage someone, Father God, to press on to the world. This is your God, in Jesus' name we ask all of this. Amen. 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 So, what we'll do now, uh, we have had a go up. It's a, this has been, I'm going to have to, somebody track it. Um, so I'll know this, this coming Sunday of how many Sundays and Wednesdays we've tackled Romans. It's been a it's been a couple of months, and it's been a good study. We're actually coming up. Uh, we're actually coming up on the third and last portion of this study. All right, and so if it be the Lord's will, we'll actually end the year. Our last Bible study of the year will be the last portion of Romans. So it worked out well. Amen. It worked out well. So we still have a ways to go, if you will, but um, be proud of yourself. You have tackled some doctrinal issues. You have tackled some heavy stuff over these last few months. And so we thank God for the strength. And uh, we thank God that we've grown. Yeah. This has been a great study. And so let's do this. Uh, for the last three Three Wednesdays and three Sundays, I believe, as well. Um, we looked at what? God's relationship to who? Who was listening? God's relationship to his chosen people, right? When you look at chapter what? 9, 10, and 11. Um, Paul, by the way, the Holy Spirit deals with the Israel nation. All right? And, and, um, and although there, there are some nuggets in there for us, um, those were secondary nuggets, if you will, because primary, um, or primarily, Paul was dealing with the Israel nation. And the question, after we went through all that, the question that Paul was anticipating was from so many was, well, if God is so good and he's so gracious and he has his whole power, then why does the Israel nation as a whole believe in him? Why are they falling away as a nation? So that's why Paul dealt with nine, that's what he dealt with in 9, 10, and 11. And then when it's all said and done, uh, God will uh, deal with his people, the chosen people, just like he said. Alright? But then we saw the benefits, if you will, of Israel as a nation. Now, don't pull attack. There are Jews out there who believe in Christendom. We understand that, right? When we talk about the relationship with the Jewish nation, we're talking about as a nation. And as a nation, they fell away. Alright? Um, but the benefits of the falling away was that what? The gospel was given Give to the to Gentiles. Us. And you're excited about that because why? We're the Gentiles. So God, um, and through the Holy Spirit, allowed Paul to tackle that, that. That what he promised to who? To the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. Abraham, Isaac, right? Yes. That will come to fruition. There were folks out there saying, hold on, this was supposed to happen, and it don't like it's happening right now. Even when Paul was writing this letter, it didn't look too good for the 
nation, right? Then we're under occupation, right? Okay, all right. So what we're going to do now uh, for the next, for the last portion of this study is we'll go, um, we'll deal with, we'll go from sovereignty to service. All right, so now we get to put some feet on this stuff. All right. All right, so. Uh, and we're going to deal with both chapters if you will. I know we're a little bit behind, but I think we can, I think we can get it. Um, we should be finished up about 7.55, 8 o'clock. I think we can't do it. Um, but we won't, we won't push it if we don't have to. Um, but we will deal with chapters 12 and 13 because they really kind of uh, come to each other. Alright? What is very interesting is if you look in the end of 8, the end of chapter 8, and you look now at the beginning of this chapter, they almost kind of link up with you. In fact, they do link up. It's funny how that how that works. Alright? So, so let's go ahead, let's go ahead and do this. Let, let's tackle this. We're gonna uh, it's gonna be some familiar uh, passages out of this, but we're gonna we're gonna start from the top. And again, we're looking at service. Um, what we what we dealt with, we dealt with the first the first uh, portion, sin. Then we dealt with salvation. Then we dealt with sanctification. And in the last three Wednesdays, we looked at sovereignty. And now we're going to end it with service. Amen. All right? So Romans 12 in 1. Look, that's a, that's a passage right there that we've all heard. Somebody, somebody read that for me. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may see whether that good and acceptable Okay, we read one and two, that's fine. But what I wanted to open up with is now we're going to take a look at it. Not that the previous chapters dealt with it. In theory, because Paul was still, uh, he was still beckoning us to, to do what you're supposed to do. But now you're really getting ready to see, okay, now how in the world do you translate that learning? How does it look in your everyday life? All right. See, the problem with, with so many of us as, as believers is that we live, we live this life in theory. And so if we sit down with somebody, we sound real spiritual. It sounds real cute. We got a couple verses, and you know, we got our WWJD bracelet, and all that's fine. But folks are looking at us and saying, "Okay, well, how does that help me Monday at my job?" Right. Or what you're talking? How does that? How does that help me when I don't have a job? And I'll be getting back out Monday, looking for a job. No one in my family now is on the brink of being thrown out of the house. They're looking at us and they're saying, "Well, that's fine." And then you got some scripture. But, but how does that help me in my marriage? My marriage is on the on the on the on the brink. It's it's getting ready to fall apart. And you're sitting you're sitting there telling me just hold on, God is a good guy. Mm -hmm. right. And so Paul Paul is saying, not now, no, what you've learned now is gotta translate to your living. Alright? So let's look at this. This idea of relational theology, and I I pulled this from I have I've I've taught this before, but I've never heard it called relational theology. I pulled this from years ago. But this idea, idea of relational theology, um, and I've said it here before, I didn't, just, I didn't use that term. Um, my relationship with God dictates my relationship on a horizontal. Right. All right? 
can't treat you right, and you can't treat me right, if you don't have a right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you may be hypocritical in the movement, and you may <laughs> do what you need to do to get something from me, and vice versa, but you can't have an agape right. type of love right. if you don't have God in your heart. Alright? So until, until you and I get this relationship, this vertical relationship right, we'll never get this relationship right. Mm-hmm. We're going to always have messes at work. We're going to always hate our bosses. We're going to always be mad at other folks around us. It's going to always be everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. So that's that idea of relational theology. Right relationship with God builds right relationship with people. Alright? We're going to be looking at, at four relationships if you will, in Romans 12 and 13. Our relationship with God and see, and, and, and somebody used to, I wish I could give him credit, I can't think of his name, but he talked about the centric um, study in this. I've got a relationship with God right here, right? Then I've got a relationship to other believers. And then we're going to talk about a relationship to our enemies. And then we're going to talk about a relationship to the state. Alright? That's going to be, that's really the breakdown of Romans 12 and 13. But what a lot of us like to do is we like to skip that. We like to think, okay, I can have a good relationship with my enemy, but I don't have a good relationship with God. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't have a good relationship uh, to your neighbor and not have a good relationship with the folks right here in the church. Mm-hmm. All right? That's what this study really points to. All right? So, so let's look at this. The first part is this is going to be our relationship to God. And again, um, thank you, Reverend Green, for opening that up. You see these interesting, we've got these therefores again, right? Um, we talked about in 320, therefore of condemnation, right? We talked about what sin does to us, right? In 51, we talk about therefore of justification, all right? What is justification again? Just as I've never seen, right? What is the problem that Romans tackles? How do I come before a perfect God with my mess up? That's where justification comes in place. Good job. And then eight one there and deal with the therefore of assurance. Okay? So now we're looking at the fourth therefore. That's a therefore of dedication based upon the other relationships previously described by Paul. And that therefore comes in 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Alright? By the mercies of God. Let's look at this real quick. We talk about our relationship to God. The first thing that Paul talks about what? Is that we give our bodies. Right. And let's think about it. Before Christ, before we had a relationship with, and I'm talking about real relationship. I ain't talking about when we just started coming to church. I'm talking about when we had a real relationship with Christ. What did we do with our bodies? Now we're online. Don't get that rated on. <laughs> but we know there was some stuff that was holy, right? Right. Before Christ, we use our bodies for simple pleasure. We're not just talking about sex. We're talking about what, drugs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about stuff that we did. Think about it. Look, you talk about some, you talk about grace. I know some of y'all go a little further back, but when I think about the 90s, and I think about what my, you know, what my body made it through in that early part of 2000. <laughs> now we use our bodies for his glory. And it's his temple and dwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's so critical. Mm-hmm. Our tem- our bodies now is where his spirit resides. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about that. Mm-hmm. 
But if we would, if we really had a good hold of that, we would do some stuff differently with our bodies. One thing, and, and I've talked about it, but I, I'm got to get serious. One thing the Lord is really, really telling me, saying, "Look, if you're gonna do what I called you to do, then you're gonna have to be a good example. I can't operate on two hours of sleep. You know, some of the some of the stuff I'm reading is that." Uh, we want to be these super preachers and all this. And we want to show everybody that we're so sanctified and all that. He's saying, well, what that is, that's arrogance. If you're telling everybody else they've got to rest and all this, and you think you can do it on two hours, who do you think you are? We, we get cut too. So it's a privilege to glorify Christ in our bodies. Somebody put Philippians 1 and 20. Real quick, the privilege to glorify Christ in our body. That's a term that I use a whole lot, but I, I do that for a reason. Because I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we miss the fact that this is a grand opportunity that we're given as Christians. Look, who, who here remembers being in the dark? I'm going to darken your lives. You don't have to raise your hand, but remember that time where every decision, precious Christian, every decision we made was changed. But now there's a freedom having been part of that body of Christ. And that's a privilege. Right? We talked about last week in the uh, in the sermon. We talked about it. But it's look, we don't we're not we don't come to folks cocky. Paul said in the, in the last chapter, he said, no, no. Just because many of the Jews have fallen and now the Gentiles are seeing the light, you don't go to Jews bragging it. No, you recognize that it's a privilege. To be a part of the body. Somebody has Philippians 1, 20 and 21. According to my very expectation in my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness and all ways from now, hopes of Christ shall be magnified in my life, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is Christ. Wow. Amen. Wow. 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 Just as Christ took on himself a body to accomplish God's will, we must yield our bodies as instruments of righteousness. The Old Testament sacrifices were dead, but we are living sacrifices. All right, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were telling me some of their, some of their issues, and, they, and finally I told them, look, Christ already died. They were telling me about all the sacrifices they made and all this for other folks, and I'm thinking to myself, you get ready to Getting ready to take your own life through all this. But Christ already died for us. Amen. Right? We're called to be living sacrifices. And when we talk about it, and he did a good job with this, um, there's two living sacrifices in the Bible that we can see for God. One was Isaac. Mm -hmm. Right? Isaac willingly put himself on that altar. Mm. Right? Yes. We know that God called a ram out of the bush, but he willingly put himself on the altar. Right? We're called to do what? David. God. David. And I'll be honest, I've come to the Lord sometimes, I'm saying I should get a day or two off. <laughs> Amen. He said, no, 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 no. You died, David. Mm -hmm. Right? Isaac did it willingly. What's the second example of that? Jesus. A willing, willing sacrifice to Christ. Yeah, as Christ. Our relationship to God and our true dedication, when we give our body, the present here 
or to present right here, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's presented once and for all. This idea even of the commitment of the bride and the groom to one another. Mm. Alright? We commit because it's our reasonable service and every day is a worship experience. Alright? But there's a reason that we have to do it on a daily basis because of that what? That carnal nature. Mm -hmm. Alright? We don't get a chance to take off. In fact, I'm going to preach that this Sunday if you give me a wheel. You know, you're either, we don't have a chance to remain in the middle. We have to be pressing forward. Alright? You're either conforming to the world or transforming. There is no in-between when it comes to this walk. If you're idle, then you're conforming. Alright? So that's why we have to be careful uh, when we say, well, you know, I just do the bedside baptism. And look, I, I, I know, I've I've had points in my life, even in the ministry, where I said, I'm not preaching to not near enough person. I'm sick of this. I ain't doing this. But thank God that he touched my heart in a special way. So I know what it means to be upset. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work on us because we have to be in the midst of the body. He says, forsake not the assembly for a reason. We have to be growing. We have to be moving forward. Amen. All right? The world wants our mind, but God calls us to transform our mind. And this idea of transform is the same, same thing that he uses in the Mount, um, Mount Transfiguration, right? In Matthew 17 and 2, into the English language, it came into metamorphosis. Whenever you talk about that, it's a change what? From within. Right. See, what does the world try to do? We talk about conformity. The world uses outside influences. To get us right, we don't have to look. We can, if you start talking about all the outside influences that have gotten us before, we'll be here all night. But we know there's been outside stuff that has gotten us fear, pressure, whatever. You know, but what God does is He takes that Holy Spirit and transforms us from what? From within. Alright? Conform first, transform. We are spiritually changed by the Word of God. Alright? When we give God our will, the mind controls the body. Our wills control our mind. In 2B, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that it's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must yield to the will of God and allow His power to take over. How many of us have tried to do some stuff in life with our own willpower? That lasts about, what, four, about four or five minutes, right? About six, seven minutes. And we tried to bring other folks in, and you know, we thought we could give a little partner to help work out. And that ain't, ain't good. We have to conform that will. We have to yield our will to God, and then our will works on our own minds. It works on our bodies. If we don't give that will over to God, like I said, we've all seen the results. We've all seen the results. So our wills are surrendered through disciplined prayer and the study of the word. One thing I want to do next year is I want to try to emphasize uh, this idea of doing more. I want to try to emphasize see the top being healthy. And we don't get healthy by just doing what we've been doing. Amen. So if, you're, if you read the scripture one time a, a, a week, then I'm going to ask you to bump it up to three times a week. 
If you're reading for a, a minute a day, then I'm going to ask you to bump it up to, to five minutes a day. Whatever we're doing, we're going to do more. If we're expecting different results, then we've got to do something something different. It was a, it was, I almost gave my son a no, I'm not, I'm not, it's not mine anyway, so I can't see. There's, there's a, there's, there's a saying out there right now. If nothing changes, nothing, nothing changes. changes. That's right. I'm gonna have to change my attitude. That was good. I want to drop that on y'all Sunday morning. We showed up this study. But if nothing changes, nothing, nothing changes. changes. That's right. That's what Paul is talking about right here. This renewing of our mind. And the problem with many of us is our mind is stuck. We're stuck. So I hear folks come to me and, and, and I'm starting to hear now some of the same stuff. Well, Reverend, you know, this is what I'm doing. But I'm saying to myself, well, I've been here for six months. You're doing the same thing. <laughs> and I know God is an all powerful God. So now who's the problem? Mm-hmm. I think for myself, I have to watch TV. I have to watch it. Watch out. I have to watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. What a fantastic point. It's amazing how much uh, patience and discipline we have when it comes to something for a lot. But I can sit there and I know, look, I'm going to get the kids out here. I got to show them the stars that I watch. <laughs> See, I know it did ask me. I got about seven, about seven, eight episodes in a row. Well, that, that's a good show. And like you said, we can sit down with, 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 our, with, our, with our Bibles and then we already sleep. Nothing. Okay, one chapter I've already seen. <laughs> but, but that's that deal. That's that renewing of the mind. We have to train our minds, clean our bodies. Uh, one of the best lessons I ever heard had was a, a Reverend Sam Peters, Dr. Sam Peters. He said, when you're mad, start praying. That's odd. But what you're doing is trying to teach me no, no, your, your, your mode is going to pray. Never going to pray. So we've got this relationship to God, all right? That's, that's our purpose. Then we've got a relationship to other believers, all right? That's 3 through 16, our relationship to other believers. Again, we're doing we're going little circle right here, big circle now, or, or larger circle, our relationship to other believers. For I say for the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has just each one as a measure of faith. For, this is for, as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, individual members of one another. Six, everything gives different according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our, our ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches and teaches, he who exhorts and exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Nine, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling what is good, be kind and affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. <laughs> Keep in mind who Paul is dealing with, right? He's dealing with who? Who's this letter? Who's originally this letter going to? The Christians in Christian. Rome, right? So he's dealing with the body, a church body, okay? 
And, and he kind of pulls a, a familiar topic for a lot of us. He goes back to that body, right? And the idea of us being members of that body. Alright, so this, this should be familiar to many of us. But he focuses in on what? Our love for one another and our love for the gifts. He pulls this gifts thing in that God has given us. Let me say a point on, on to that and I'll try to, try to cut through the weeds. God gives us all gifts. We all have at least how many gifts? We all have at least one gift. And God has given us that gift to build up the body of Christ. Alright? If you're using that gift, or your use of that gift is not building up the body of Christ, then you're in trouble. Alright? The other concept to that, and we're going to talk about an honest evaluation of, of, of our gifts, but I won't get into the big picture. The, the other portion to that is that the body will never be as strong as it needs to be without every member of it doing what God has gifted it to do. Amen. And I've said it before, one of the biggest problems in the church is we have people in ministries that are they're not gifted for. They're not gifted for. It sounds good, it's cute, we want to do it, we want to work with kids uh, on Sunday, but we hate kids. We don't have any patience. <laughs> right, we want to preach, but we're not called to teach. Mm. All right? And it hurts the body when we're not doing what God has gifted us to do. All right? And that's part of what Paul was talking about right here. Through prayer. Um, I will tell you this. Um, let me give you some practical stuff. There are um, spiritual assessments out there. That from a personal standpoint, they do they're pretty they're pretty good. They're not gonna be perfect for some, but I think it's a good start. In fact, we may have we have we not done it here at City Top? Yeah, Okay. Um we may we may do that again where we actually do a spiritual assessment. But um, um I think that's a good start, but ultimately I, I think it's a matter of of praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to really show you. And he's already he's, he's, he's shown you. But uh, oh, I know we should. I think we should. But um, <laughs> the rest of I, I think you now. Let me. The, the Sunday school answer is prayer. Um, the practical answer is some spiritual assessments, and some of it is literally bumping your head. Um, look, and this is a this is a this is a tough one. I'm not on you. I know when it comes to certain. Well, I, I've used this before. I've said it's too boring. Wrong. There's a ministry out there that goes to um, the strip clubs. There's a nice ministry out there where they minister to, to, to folks that are in strip clubs. I know that's not my ministry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that, I know that, for, for a number of reasons, I know that's not my ministry. Amen. All right? Um, I bumped my head in those areas before. <laughs> Let me put that way. I know that's not my mm -hmm. So, so I think, uh, I think what you have to do, you have to be prayerful, and then at some point though, you have to, you have to go out and, and start working. There has to be this whole chapter on service. You, you got to at some point, because sometimes we do too much evaluation. Mm -hmm. At some point, we gotta go. We gotta go. Um, there's some great look. I, I'm looking at some folks now that I think. The Lord is pushing them in a direction. But I'm 
I'm praying that they go that direction. I'm trying to push them that direction, but I'm not going to let them go wrong. I've got some folks that are going to be overseeing them. So while you're going out, make sure that the Lord has a covering for you if you're still wrestling with that. So, for example, if somebody comes to me right now and says, um, Reverend, I think the Lord is calling me to work with young people. I'm going to pray about it. I, I see their walk and I think they're trustworthy in some areas. I will say, okay, why don't you work with Miss Katie? But I'm not going to put you over it, but I'm allowing you to kind of work closely with her. All right? So now that gives them an opportunity to see if that's part of their gift and at the same time they've got to cover. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I'm not letting her sit for another 15 years and tell me, I think, I think that's it. No, at some point we need to take it, I think. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we'll talk. And even when you talk about the gifts, um, we have the gifts. Where's the gifts at? You got gifts in Romans. Where, where else is it at? Where it talks about the gifts. There's three places it talks about the gifts. Anyway, come back to me, preachers, and let me know the three places it talks about the gifts. Romans is one, and there's, there's, other, there's two others. Keep in mind, most theologians don't believe that's an exhaustive list of gifts. All right? Many theologians believe there's, there's inexhaustible gifts out there. And that's not a that's not an exhaustive list that Paul has. For example, I don't think prayer is in is in any of them. We know that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So I say all that to say that, that the Lord is giving you a gift. You may not find it in this list of gifts that he's talking about right here, but it's 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 there. It's there, right? And the Holy if it's there, the, the Holy Spirit will expose it. So our relationship to other believers. Um, we cannot take credit for the gift. We must use it to honor him. Our gifts balance the entire local body, right? And only benefit body when God blesses it. All gifts are critical. Now, and if you look at that passage, it'll tell you, I think I'll put it in, in here where, where it is. Mm -hmm. The Corinthians and all yeah. that. Preachers, who's my preacher here? Now make sure you have some um, Sunday and tell me. A loving participation. So we have the faithful cooperation. Uh, we already talked about the honest evaluation of our relationship with other believers. Our faithful co cooperation, right? We already talked about how the gifts kind of link in to make, look, Cedar Top will never be where she needs to be until everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Amen. It links in perfectly. All right? And we got plenty of examples when. Uh, the church is like Corinthian. Corinthian is a talented church. And they were going through hell because they were not walking with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Loving participation, right? The attitude when it's exercising spiritual gifts and an honest love. Um, we talk about, in this passage, it talks about um, really loving. And I'm touching that Sunday too. It, it, it's really this idea of a, not having a hypocritical love. It uses this idea of a doctrine. And, and I'm afraid now in 2020, we're dealing with a fake love. Mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody today, and they were talking about how their, how their son has what he considers great relationships with a lot of folks. He doesn't even see them. What he's talking about, that he, he, he deals with them online and stuff, mm -hmm. playing video games and stuff. And I'm not after anybody playing video games. But we've got, a, we've got this misconception now that we built this relationship 
we post on Facebook and post with Twitter and, and all this. And we, you know, and that's hurtless. Mm -hmm. But we've got a, we've got folks now, Dr. People, this is a specific word, a ruthless generation. Mm -hmm. There's no ruthless. Mm -hmm. We can't blame them, but there, there are children. There are nieces and nephews. So this loving participation, we maintain a spiritual zeal in the face of Santana's opposition. Share the blessings and the burdens, the burdens of others so we all grow together. I put on there the platinum rule. I talked about that one time. <coughs> That's what I actually learned in some of my doctoral studies. But this idea of do, do unto others as they would have you want to do. The gold rule of doing to others as you would do unto them, right? Mm -hmm. Platinum rule is you do unto others as they would have you do unto them. <laughs> it takes a step, a step further. Mm -hmm. so, but this idea that we have a love and a cooperation with one another. Alright, so again, we're talking about now living out what we've been talking about. Our relationship to our enemies, 17 through 21. Repay no one evil for evil. This is a good one. We can spend all day for this. <laughs> but we got we got we've done some nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. With all our positions and everything else, we've done some nasty stuff for one another. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you. Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give peace to wrath, place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so, he will heat cold of fire on his head. Do not overcome evil by evil, or do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. We have a fantastic quote on this. If we defend ourselves, the Lord cannot defend us. Think about that. If we defend ourselves, again, that's us. It's the same thing we've been talking about. If we want to go ahead and do it in our works, if we want to go ahead and do it with our talent, he's going to let us do it. If we're not going to walk in his grace, then he's not going to, right? That's the same thing we're talking about working working and, and, and walking towards salvation. If we want to work our way to salvation, then he'll let us do it. And then what happens then? You messed up day one. You have to allow His Holy Spirit, you have to allow the grace to work through it. And the same thing with our enemies. And look, let's be honest, that is a difficult thing. I'm asking the Lord right now to work on me in Jesus church. And I keep saying, you know what, I can, I've got enough ammunition right now, I can fire it off. And He's saying, well, well, shoot. Why don't I have you come always preaching and teaching for if that's, if that's what you're going to do? It's an arrogance when we think we can handle ourselves. If we could handle ourselves, we would have already done it. Again, the scriptures, the Bible, is a practical book. It's stuff that helps our dad on blood pressure. <laughs> it's spiritual, but at the same time, it helps us out. Look, how many of us, if we just learn how to let the Lord handle some folks that have done us nasty, how many pills would we eat off of? Just be honest. But how many of us could, could and I'm not asking, I'm not asking, I, I think the medical field is a fantastic field. But let's think about it. If we would have done some stuff the Lord's way, I'm going to just say the psychiatry field. We 
we talk about even marital stuff, and I, I talked a little bit with the young people, and I tried to focus in on even when you talk about a marital situation, how much heartache could we have avoided if we'd have done stuff in in the marital fashion that God told us to do? Look, they got some stuff out right now. Look, they got they. I read something the other day. They got a new syphilis or something. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They got some stuff that's forming. <laughs> One of them, and it's new. They said it's transforming all this. I don't know where it came from, but it's here. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes, ma'am. You got something? I'm sorry. I thought you had something. Okay. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't know the origin. All I know is the article said. They got some stuff that's transformed before our eyes. Yeah. But I want to say yes. in my lifetime, which is next to me, I was in your house to tell me you were racist. Oh, I was that time. I'm a child. But now, <laughs> <laughs> and I have not you made up the same stuff that I made up. See what I'm saying? But now, I feel sorry for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, I, and I understand. A lot of us have done that. A lot of us have shown up on those, on those doorsteps. And we, you know, we, we blasted off emails and we blasted off Facebook stuff and all that. I, I'm, I'm afraid to give my, my entire sermon away. But we are called to work at a different level. Amen. Point blank here. We don't get the opportunity to cold cuss them out. No. <laughs> we don't have that opportunity anymore. And when we do it, we damage our wills. Yes. And you know what? I want to feel good for those first. I want to feel good for those 15 minutes. I'm going to call you all. I'm going to talk to my wife. I said, let me tell you what I just told so-and-so and all that. But then I got to look at it and say, what have you done to that witness? People are watching everything you do. The enemy? Yeah. Oh, the enemy is running. The enemy wants you. Let me help you out. Let me help you. This is free. Might not have to go to the council session. <laughs> the folks that you are wrestling with, they need confusion. They operate in confusion. Amen. And so if they can get you all riled up, that's all they, that's all they need. That's all they need. They don't even care if they're right or wrong. They can just get you out of your character. Out of preach right there. <laughs> and then what you've done, you damage your witness. And then you So our relationship to our enemy, if we defend ourselves, the Lord cannot defend us. All right? Our task is not to protect ourselves, but to obey the Lord and leave the results up to Him. That will preach too. We experience the love of God when we treat our enemies according to God, right? We experience the love of God when we treat our enemies according to God. So we talked about our relationship to God, right? We talked about our relationship to other believers. We talked about our relationship to our enemies. And we're going to finish it up with our relationship to the state, all right? That's the entire chapter of 13, okay? I won't, I won't read all of it. I want you to read it in your own uh, in your own um, uh, leisure. But let me read a little bit of it. Let, let every soul be subject to the governing authority. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, 
whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. Listen to this. For he is God's minister to you for good. Let me help you out. Let me help out some of us who have been staring at CNN for the last four years, last three and a half years. And every time we get up with CNN, we are worse off than we just said. When we talk about the authority, we're literally, we're literally talking about the government. All right? When we're talking about the authority, the authority to rule comes from God. All right? Think about that. Even what we're dealing with right now in America is no surprise to God. It's no surprise to God. Now, Scripture is quite clear that when the government is in opposition to Christian principles, then we have the right to go against it if you will. Right? Who was that? Peter? Was that Peter that said? Was that Peter? That said, um, um, after they had just, I think they had just, just beat him. I have to look at that. But he says, whatever you tell me, mine is to, it's an act. It's an act. Um, I, I know what you're saying, but mine is to serve God. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not. Peter. Mm-hmm. So what that so what that being said, how do we handle what we're in right now? What we're seeing right now is not a surprise to God. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on in Washington, I'm not after what vote who you vote for. It's your business. But it's not a surprise to God. Yeah. And what he called us to do, he called us to submit. You always respect the office. Mm-hmm. Never disrespect the office. You better pray. You better pray. But you always respect the office. And when you look at this, it actually even talks about how we were, everything we do is in an orderly fashion. It even talks about taxes. And we pay our taxes. And pay our bills. All that's ordained, ordained by God. Our relationship with the state, for four reasons we don't rebel. For wrath's sake. For wrath's sake, right? To resist the laws and resist God and invite punishment. Right? Rulers have the power to inflict punishment. Although he is not re- responsible for the sins of tyrants, God establishes the government of the world and the authority to rule. Our relationship with the state. Or we, we maintain our relationship to the state for conscience sake. Any citizen can obey the law because of fear. But Christians do it because of conscience. Two more minutes, not be done. In five, therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Because this, because, or because of this, you also pay taxes. So they are God's ministers attending, continuing to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. So even for the conscious sake of the believer, we submit to the government. See, well, I don't want to fly through this. There's one, there's one nugget I want to gather the next week. So we'll, we'll kind of end it right now. Um, but we'll end it with this. We cannot be God's people and do anything we want to do. That's what Paul was dealing with in 12 and 13. 
And in every relationship that we have is part of our ministry. But there were some times, and I, I know it's important, I got a fantastic job. Fantastic job. I know I'm on my location, I'm not a proud location. My job was, was sort of a great job. There were some times that I wanted to go in there and tell everybody what I did. <laughs> and God said, the one who can't afford it. <laughs> and two, you're my best. You're my best. Yeah. And if you did all this learning, you're doing all this teaching, then you can do it. Mm. The same thing with us. God, again, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity of study, Father God. And, and we just pray uh, that even now, when your word is so working on our hearts and working on our situation, Father God, we pray even now that you forgive us of our sinful ways. But we just thank you that through your mercy and through your grace, Father God, that you're still allowing us to press forward and press on. So even now, we ask that you give strength for the rest of the week, Father God. Give traveling grace for all those that are here. Father God, bless each household in a special way. Bless those that have joined us by way of Facebook Live and those that will watch the recording. Father God, again, we just thank you for all that you do and all that you do. It's in your sunset we ask all these things. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Any questions? I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm lying. Any questions? We do have time for questions. Any questions? Yes. St. Paul and Lexington.